For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm -hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. A number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of the Joe Beaver Show. I'm John Warren. Mike, I think I caught, caught behind a train today, so he'll be here within just a few minutes. Let me give you a lay of the land on the program today, and then I'll get to a couple of texts that have already come in on the University Honda text line. And that phone number, by the way, always open for you to text us at 541 497 5356. That's 497-KEJO on the University Honda text line. The Downward Dog phone line, which is also open during our programs, obviously, is 541-497-5356. Same number, same number for the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line here on the Joe Beaver Show. All right, coming up on the show today, we'll, uh, of course, take your phone calls and your texts on anything you want to talk about. But as we are just two days away now from game time, uh, very excited. Uh, the and with the NFL game tonight, and and uh, you know some college games tomorrow, and the Prepsters tomorrow as well. It's uh, it's back to ramping things up again. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are like okay, uh, there isn't much going on. I mean, there is there's stories, but there's no games. But now this evening you got the 49ers and the Giants, and it's like okay, all right, we got something to watch and get ready for. And then of course tomorrow night. By the way, tomorrow night our schedule has us at uh, Central High School. TJ will go up to Central and call the Crescent Valley Central game. And uh, we've been going back and forth with Crescent Valley and Corvallis this year on 1240 Joe Radio and, of course, 93.7 FM. We want you to listen to 93.7 if you're in the Corvallis area. It, uh, it's, uh, it's in stereo, <laughs> so you can hear all of this. And, and it's, it's pretty much right there in Corvallis, but really good. And sounds good. So 93.7 FM. All right, today's show, we continue with the Beaver Cougar theme with former long time. Is he former? He's retired, right, Doc? Rod Commons, who actually grew up in Oregon, went to college at Oregon State, and then got this uh, big break to go over in uh, Pullman many years ago and be uh, the, the, uh, the head sports information director for the Washington State Cougars. He'll join us at 1130 this morning. And then at 1230, why don't you explain really yeah, what, yeah. what we're doing? Because initially I had procured the, the head coach 
of Hidden Valley High School football, who I believe, is this his first year? Yes, it is. Because Mike Fanger coached previous to that. And you know, it's funny, we talk about rabbit holes. There's two rabbit holes that I can think of that I've gone down accidentally where it it pulled me in. Mm -hmm. The first one was when I was in, uh, was it Ames, Iowa, at Iowa State with men's basketball. And I'm doing research on that the Big 12 Conference, basketball, and all these names. And then uh, um, Tex comes up on, uh, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Anyway, he comes up as a longtime Kansas State coach. Tex Winter. Tex Winter. Okay, gotcha. Then that takes me down this rabbit hole to Oregon State connections. Big time Oregon State and Pac-12 connections. He he was, I believe, a, a... javelin champion he's a javelin or pole vault champion at usc after playing there and the whole triangle offense and blah 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 all right that was a rabbit hole that ended up i didn't start on it but it ended up with tex winner and oregon state this one i'm thinking all right well let's go back and see and google articles on hidden valley just so we know a little bit about hidden valley high school because we're going to talk with their coach about jeremiah noga and that's the beaver connection but it took me to Last year's coach, Mike Fanger, and I'm like, Mike Fanger, I tackled that guy. I played, <laughs> uh, he was a quarterback at Lake Ridge the year I was a defensive end at Lake Oswego. I'm like, I haven't heard his name in years. And I knew that he was in coaching. He coached at Lewis and Clark. So I went back, read the article, and it, it, it hit me on how old I am because I and my, and my, my immediate orbit of people are talking about being empty nesters and the age bracket that we're in. But then you remember a guy from your childhood that you never even communicated with or heard from for 40 years. And in the article, he said, well, my wife and I are empty nesters now. And that made me feel old because no, 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 no. The last time I had any thought of Mike Fanger was when we were in high school and I was tackling him in the rivalry game between the Ello and Lakeridge teams and Fanger and everything. And then I saw a picture of him like, oh my gosh. And, and so that was a, a little bit of a rabbit hole with a connection to today's guests. Exactly. And it is a small world after all. <laughs> I, I saw a, I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe, maybe people, <clears throat> I'm sure everyone feels differently about everything. But I, I did see an old Walt Disney special video, whatever, tacked on to some show I'd recorded at the end. Walt Disney presents and. Walt was walking around proudly at the grand opening of the new ride, It's a Small World, <laughs> the, the grand opening yeah. of it. And I'm sure as I say this now to many of you, it's a, the It's a Small World ride for me has never really worked. Does that make any sense? Yes, I, of course. I mean, I don't know what kind of thing that is, but I didn't <laughs> like it when I was eight. I didn't like it when I was 18 or 28 or 30. I mean, I, I, I respect it. Well, it, it was the not... very first ride to show off animatronics. Okay. Was that what its big deal was? At the World's then? Fair. And then okay. all other audio animatronics in Disney followed that ride. I might appreciate it a little bit more now than I ever have. So just historically. In terms of, yeah, yeah, the historical part of that and the, and the you know, the, the travel log and the different languages mm-hmm. of the tune, mm-hmm. but the tune itself. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows the... that. It drives you crazy. Yeah, yeah, it does. In fact, cartoons like The Simpsons and stuff have made fun of, like, being trapped on that ride. Exa- oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, that's <laughs> funny to me. But it is a small world in that the connections that you can, you can 
find them fairly readily when you start down any kind of trail. Now, with Rod Commons, who will be joining us at 1130, profound connections to Oregon State as Mm -hmm. the Beavers go up to play Washington State. We had the pleasure of visiting with Hal Cowan, Rod's longtime counterpart. Rod was at Washington State from 1976 through 2007. Hal was at Oregon State from 1976 and then retired in 2004. So they are they were on parallel mm-hmm. tracks through all those years. So it was a pleasure to get Hal's perspective. Rod Commons coached Donnie Reynolds and Mike Riley with Richie's Market and American Legion Baseball. Rod Commons was a baseball coach for those guys. Wow. So we'll explore a lot of different things with a well-seasoned Man in Rod Commons, who's been part of the Washington State family, is in the Washington State Hall of Fame. He's in, like Hal, is in the Cosida Sports Directors Hall of Fame, one of the best people ever to work in the profession. And he's a Celeste High School grad, an Oregon State grad, and just has a lot of connections to our life, our shared life, that we'll talk with him about. But as to your story about Mike Fanger and Hidden Valley, I I love stories like this when I'm sure many of you saw, I hope you did anyway, on social media, which I do frequent. I venture in there now and again and happy to see some of the X's and other posts on different platforms Mm -hmm. from Beaver Athletics. And here's Jonathan Smith in a team meeting with, you know, going through different things, this and that, and announcing to the entire team that one Jeremiah Noga, who suddenly now kind of everywhere, he started his first game for the Beavers last week with the Beavers in a three-wide receiver set, mm-hmm. Bolden Gould and Noga with Josiah Irish out. So Noga starts for the first time. He walked on out of Hidden Valley High School in Grants Pass, continuing a rather amazing tradition with that small school yeah. in a small town Three different athletes have made their way to Oregon State out of Hidden Valley in the last few years. Sam Bidlack, who's no longer here, now at Montana. And by the way, has anyone tracked Sam? I liked Sam. I liked his story. I I remember thinking a lot of people thought he had a real chance and a real future here, perhaps, at some point. I didn't know he was not at Boise State anymore, so he's at Montana. How's he doing? TJ knows. TJ TJ knows? Well, he he knew that he wasn't at Boise State. Yeah, he's down the hall. TJ Hey, TJ, I need a one-way ticket to Missoula. Uh, (laughs) My favorite moments. And the other day, somebody asked me, somebody asked me if I'd ever seen the movie, (laughs) Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You know, I, I appreciated the question, but it's a little bit like Keith Hernandez asking Seinfeld midway through the great Keith Hernandez episode. Hey, you want to go to the movies? Have you seen JFK? (laughs) <laughs> all after Seinfeld had gone through is that's one magic loogie theory and yeah, all that. Yeah. So somebody asking me if I've seen Glenn Gary, Glenn they Ross, didn't know. they didn't know. And so we, I said, yeah, yeah, I actually, I have a little bit here and there <laughs> among the many great scenes and funny lines in that comedy. It's more of a comedy. I'm telling you, it makes you laugh more than I know it's brutal and heavy handed, but you got to kind of pull back and laugh at it. Yes, but I I feel it's more sad. Than, I know than there's a tragic element and sadness to it. If there's a combination but of the two words, when Jack Lemon is uh, 
Grace, I'm going to, you know, now I can be in your town and, you know, he's on the phone trying <laughs> oh, to sell yeah. somebody. I can be in your town and two hours. Grace, I need a one-way ticket to, you know, there's no Grace and in the no, room. There's nobody. By himself. And it's he's aging. Pathetic. He's aging. I know. He's pathetic. I and, know. He, and that makes me sad. It's pathetic and all that, but the the the, the tropes, the, 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 the ideas that the film has contributed to my life ever since has just made me laugh all through the years. So... I need a one-way ticket to Missoula, TJ. Now, we do have a TJ down the hall. But what I would want to find out is how Sam's doing. And I hope he's doing well. Does yeah. anybody know? Yeah. I do not know at this moment one thing about the Montana I, season so I didn't far. even know he was gone from Boise State. I didn't know that either until yeah, how'd you know the people at, at Hidden Valley. Back to oh, okay. Sam Vidlack, Jada Hurley on the track team, and a sprinter on the track team from Hidden Valley, and Jeremiah Noga. That's a lot of... D1 athletes coming from one small school in yeah. Southern Oregon. Yeah, and Noga and, and Vidlak had to have been on the same teams. Probably. They had to cross over because Jeremiah's Probably a redshirt sophomore. Yes. So they, you know, they must have been a combination there. They may have been very early, uh, late in like Sam's senior yeah. year or whatever. Yeah. But Noga, 6'2", 186, as John said, a redshirt sophomore out of Hidden Valley High School, Grants Pass, Caught, it, caught that touchdown pass. He kept maneuvering his way open on the touchdown pass that DJ threw to him in the back of the end zone. One of the best throws DJ's made in his or young Oregon State career was to Noga. And Jonathan, in the auditorium, with the entire team assembled, announced that Jeremiah, no longer a walk-on status, is now a fully scholarship player. That was on social media. Many of you saw the video. And the celebration that goes on is just so sweet to see. It's one of the things that makes this endeavor of college athletics so enjoyable, Johnny, to see the love and the joy in that room when Jonathan made the announcement about Jeremiah. So we have a hard time just because of the schedules and and an element of control. Lincoln Riley knows. An element of control over, you know, what sort of stories, messages, and things get written, access to players, and all of that. Someday, I'd love to talk to Jeremiah himself, if our schedule allows. They're practicing while we're on the air, and that makes it difficult, and uh, interviews and so on are fairly closely monitored. So, while Jeremiah would be the best person to talk to about this great honor to him and what a thrill it was, we will go to Hidden Valley High School today and visit with the longtime AD there and the current high school coach and just talk about a community's response, Grants Pass, Hidden Valley, to the, the good news, the great news, well-earned news, what this whole college football, college athletics thing is all about. The dream that Jeremiah nurtured, came to Oregon State as a walk-on, and started a Power 5, D1, Power 5 football game as a walk-on out of Hidden Valley and has actually worked his way into being a guy that uh, is starting to make plays. Yeah. Good for him. So we'll get a little bit of his backstory in the Noga family and all of that at 1230. Rod Commons at 1130. Open phones and texts. You said some have already come in, which we'll get to in a moment. At the same time today at 1 o'clock, we won't carry it, but we'll be tuning in to the Zoom Press conference, availability at one yeah. with the big four. Our presidents and our ADs. Four. President Murphy, President Schultz, and athletic directors Chun and Barnes together 
answering questions. I think it'll be a little more free-flowing than the last one was. Now, Sean Nealon, I think, may be a mediator again, but there was a little pushback from the formatic of the last one. I think this one's going to have a little bit more of a give-and-take, Q&A-type situation, perhaps. I don't know that for sure, but yeah. just based on usually people respond to, hey, what you guys did before, thanks for doing it, but we could make it better if we did this. I think yeah. there will be elements that, in a sense, will make it better. We'll see. But I like to see where our first caller is calling from because Kirkland, Washington, Garrett, I don't know if Garrett's a beaver behind enemy lines in Kirkland, that's Husky country, whether he has some information and insight. I'm curious to know because I don't know if we've ever taken a call from Garrett in Kirkland, but it's a pleasure to head that way. Garrett, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Mike. Happy to be on. And yes, I am a beaver behind enemy lines. And thank you for... uh, we're talking about Alan Thayer and, and his group because now I've been in that for a couple weeks and Good. and Colin here share out a couple Seattle watch parties we have coming up um, this Saturday at Marco Polo Bar and Grill in Georgetown and then the big one would be next Friday night at Lucky Strike in Bellevue hmm. got the whole um, back back room rented out for bowling and uh, and those watch parties. The link to them are on the OSU Foundation site. So just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for that and for um, helping get the word out. Absolutely. That sounds that sounds great, Garrett. So did you yeah. go did you go to Oregon State? Well and, and Mike, I was I was hoping you wouldn't ask that, but, but you and I are pretty kindred <laughs> oh. you and I are pretty kindred spirits in this way. Well, what so happened? I'll, What's I'll, your story? If, if you're asking, I'll tell you a story yes. about my my grandpa who was an Oregon State pharmacy graduate. Both my parents went to Oregon State. Both my brothers went to Oregon State. And when I thought that I wanted to do sports marketing, guess where I went to? Like, yeah, I got you. I understand. So you don't even need to say it, but I got you. But it sounds like what? Have you returned uh, to your roots of your youth? I mean, tell tell me a little bit about where you are now and what happened. What's your story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am I am up in, in Kirkland, Washington, uh, selling real estate. Been doing that for 11 years now and, and been a Beaver fan my entire life. So hmm. even the times that I was down South was the last two years of Mike Bellotti and start of Chip Kelly mm-hmm. and would always go up to Corvallis every week um, with my parents, season tickets and, and uh, tailgate and go to all the games. So I was never, never a fan of the team down South, just happened to go to school there for a little bit. Wow. Garrett, that's interesting. You never felt, um, you know, as the Gilbert and Sullivan song sung by, uh, ben Cross, the actor playing uh, Harold Abrahams, though, you know, though that it, in spite of all temptations to belong to other nations, I am an Englishman, I am an Englishman. I'm surprised it's a Gilbert and Sullivan butcher paraphrase on my part, but something to that effect. He said, I'm going to stay an Englishman in spite of all temptations to belong to other nations. How did you avoid... Did you? Was it difficult at all to not be seduced into that world when you were in it as a student at Oregon? Never, okay. never, because it was such ingrained in me, bleeding orange and black from the Jerry Pentabone days. Mm-hmm. It, it was never a temptation, so that's that's why I was even willing to even even go to school there <laughs> because I knew I'd still be going to Corvallis every week anyway. Wow, good for so, you. Good and, for and, you. And of course, of, of course, as it plays out, a couple years of of. Uh, Interning for the Salem Kaiser Volcanoes, and then finding it, you know, surprised that everyone else also wanted to do sports marketing. 
I decided not to continue, not to continue uh, that route and switched to an economics major, graduated in four years, and got out of Eugene, uh, never to return again. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Your folks sent you off to, you know, down the road, probably with some trepidation, we're going to lose him, we're going to lose Garrett, but you made sure no. that that didn't happen, right? <laughs> That's really That's right. cool. So, so Kirkland Real Estate, I hope I hope things are going well for you. I, I'm sure that they are. But what kind of group do you have up there at Beaver Nation in that area? It's, it, it's few and far between, Mike. So that's why stuff like the, uh, the Behind Enemy Lines Facebook group, um, the Puget Sound Facebook group, and then looking forward to these two watch parties. Um, like I said, again, Saturday at Marco Polo Bar and Grill in Georgetown, and then next Friday night for the Utah game at Lucky Strike Bowling in Bellevue. Excellent. Uh, those, those will be the fun ones. So we, we've had a little camaraderie. There was a there was a OSU Foundation uh, dinner happy hour in Edmonds um, this this summer that I went to, met a few folks, and I stayed in touch that way. So um, we are, we are, Beaver Nation is, is small but mighty, as you know. I'm so glad to hear that, Garrett. What do you hear in your circle? I mean, you're... You, you sell to Husky fans and Oregon fans and whomever. I mean, you're you're working, you have a job to do and a life to make, but what's the general sentiment around the Puget Sound area about this whole thing and the, the, the Huskies leaving and Oregon leaving? And I mean, I hear Dave Softy Mahler's all over it saying it's the greatest thing ever for the Huskies, but I mean, do you pay enough right. attention to all of the chatter to have a, a feel about what the general thought is there? Plenty, yep, and I've got, I've got a couple of Husky friends uh, come over to my house tonight for a little barbecue, mm-hmm. and they they all wish the bees and the coops well while sticking their nose up at the same time. Okay, and okay. say, oh, the the, the pack the pack two, yeah, you guys should get the money. We don't need it. You get you guys need it. Yeah, uh, which I appreciate the sentiment, but it's it's always with it's always with a little um, you know wine and cheese and mm-hmm. oh little brother and yada yada. Mm-hmm. So the, the the same things I felt living in growing up in Salem living in Eugene and Portland, and then now moving up to Seattle. Um, ducks and Huskies are more similar than they'd like to admit. Hmm. Do Is the animus, the the hatred, so to speak, the rivalry, you've lived in both worlds pretty profoundly. Having gone to school down the road, yeah. growing up a beaver, you're living in Husky country now, Huskies, Cougs. How would you compare right. the rivals? You, you've already brought us a, a measure of similarity between attitudes. Uh-huh. How are the rivalries? How do you view them? How would you compare the two? Very similar comparison. Although I'm I'm always biased to ours for uh, for the reason that that we're 45 minutes apart versus being yeah. four four hours apart going Seattle to Pullman. That truly is you know a a, a cultural divide and right. a and a state divided. But they have the distance to do that. Mm-hmm. We you know in Corrales, Eugene is a cultural divide all inside of 45 minutes. Right. So right. It, it's the same. It, it, they mirror each other as far as the people in Seattle lean heavily Huskies, but with plenty of coups, just like the people of Portland. Um, you know, there, there's there's more Duck fans, but but there's just as, you know there's there's good beavers there. So very similar styles, although the the thing that we will always have over other rivalries is that 45 minute distance. Yeah, yeah. That you don't get for Ohio State, Michigan. You don't get. Um, you know, other rivalries. Garrett, I'll turn you loose. We have Rod Commons, a legend yep. at Oregon State and Washington State. He, he spanned both worlds. He's coming on in a minute. But last thing, hit those up again 
And is this information you're sharing with us on the Joe Beaver Show, are you also posting it on Alan Thayer's site uh, behind enemy lines? They, they are, okay. and, and the best place to go to for the Oregon State Watch parties is to go to the um, OSU Foundation website and click to watch the um, attend a football watch party. You'll see those on there um, for this Saturday and again next Friday. And, Mike, I'll, I'll call back next week uh, to report back how the, how the one was. Looking forward to the next one. And thank you so much uh, for your time here. Garrett, thanks for uh, joining us. Look to look forward to further conversations. Have a great time at both watch parties, and let's t- stay in touch. Thanks, Garrett. I appreciate it. We will break on that note, getting a call from Kirkland. And there is that, yeah, I remember the, it's this kind of phrase that I think Garrett's referring to. That the Husky fans, yeah, yeah, I hope you guys get the money you needed. And, hey, you guys got a nice little program over there. How about that phrase? Yeah, you know what? They're, they're beginning to build a nice little program there. Oh. So it's Thank you. insulting. Let's come back with Rod Commons, who knows of such attitudes. <laughs> Rod, the Hall of Famer from Pullman, joins us next on Joe Radio. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Are you turning 65 this year or accessing Medicare for the first time? If you are, you need to start thinking about applying for supplemental insurance. Hi, this is Chris Gray. Medicare is great, but Medicare doesn't pay for all your medical bills. You need supplemental insurance too. If you're not sure what to do, as a local licensed Medicare agent, I can help. We can look at all the different plans and find something that works best for you. Please call me at 541-754-9075. That's 541-754-9075. This is Chris Gray, and I look forward to speaking with you. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 5 Four one seven five eight eight two four five. Edward Jones, member SIPC. We set them up, you knock them down. Island Bowl, family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Bowl. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Highland Bowl. 
The Joe Beaver Show continues a visit with personnel, principal and football coach at Hidden Valley High School in Grants Pass next hour. Again, a little bit off the beaten path. Well, it's a beaver connection. But it has a strong beaver connection to a good story this week. Great story, yeah. And a gentleman who would appreciate, always has appreciated a good story. He himself is a great Oregon State and Washington State story, a Hall of Famer with the Cougs and the Cosido Hall of Fame, as Hal Cowan is and Hal joined us earlier mm-hmm. in the week. Rod Commons graduated from Oregon State, went to Solette's High School, I think graduated in 19, began to work for Oregon State in 1966 part-time and then full-time with Oregon State Athletics in the SID department from 1968 through 1973. Some really good years mm-hmm. with uh, Oregon State football. And Rod then moved on to Brown briefly, Brown University, then came back and went to work at Washington State in 1976, retired in 2007. So he connects us both in both schools in this huge game Saturday in Pullman. Rod Commons has seen a lot of these games through the years. Rod, thank you for taking time for us. How are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm trying to recover from COVID, but uh, I think I'm on the upswing. How long have you been dealing with it, Rod? Uh, I got it uh, Monday. Okay, and each day a little bit better today than yesterday when we chatted briefly. You said you were feeling a little under the weather. Is it getting better? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yesterday okay. I was uh, flat on my back hmm. uh, all day and the day before that. But uh, today I'm up and around and done a few things around the house. So uh, I, got, I got this under control, I think, if you can get it under control. Right. The bad news is, though, because, you know, you you had it as much. I don't know how many Washington State, Oregon State games you've missed in Pullman or Corvallis over the years. This might be one you got to miss. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Mike, I, I really hurts not to be there, but I don't want to uh, mm-hmm. put uh, other people in harm's way, so to speak, uh, because this is a very infectious disease, and I would feel terrible if somebody uh, got COVID because I was next to them at a game. I appreciate you saying that, Rod, and thank you You know, for your uh, circumspection in that respect. Rod Commons joining us. Even though you won't be there, it's not lost upon you, certainly, or any of us. But I'm just curious about your perspective with all the years I talk about with you at Oregon State as a student, as an employee, then at Washington State for decade after decade. This game, this Saturday, the magnitude of it, how do, how do you kind of size this one up, Rod? Well, <laughs> circumstances are certainly different now than in any other game in this series, going back into the, I, I can't remember the first one, but probably right around 1900. Mm-hmm. But we, none of us know what's going to happen and where we're going. But from my perspective, I, I really appreciate the fact that the two schools I've been affiliated with are standing strong together. Uh, kind of a, us against everybody else because everybody else has bailed on the Pac-12. And that's a shame for so many reasons. 
particularly uh, the folks on the West Coast who have had one of the premier conferences for over 100 years, and now to have everything go out the window and try and start all over. And I can't think of two better schools to lead that charge to get back to a competitive Power Five conference than Washington State and Oregon State. Rod Howell told us we had Howell, your 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 friend and co. I mean, you guys were you kind of on parallel tracks during his time at Oregon State, and you were at Washington State. Howell said a couple of things that I, I appreciated his candor, but he just said, "Guys, I was depressed for for many days after hearing the news about you know the ten, and then you know the Stanford news and Cal that made it the treacherous ten, so to speak." He said he's feeling a little bit better now, a little more optimistic than he was a month ago. I'm wondering, Rod, what your range of emotions has been, your sense of kind of, is there some light that you're seeing? I mean, how did you feel on August 4th compared to maybe how you feel now? Well, I guess disgust was the first word that comes to mind. Uh, Clear back to when UCLA and USC Mm -hmm. bailed on us. Uh, Without any discussions, that's what really hurt to see those two schools sneak out the back door and make a deal with somebody else without coming forward and having the guts to talk to the conference and say, we're in, we're in a problem. We've got to figure out how to do this. So let's talk. And then the rest of the schools, you know, it's kind of like a domino. But I, I have confidence that there is a place for both of the schools with others joining us. And it may be a conference that is more closely aligned in values and in resources than the one that we've had for so long, because there's no question that the schools in the major metropolitan areas, uh, perhaps uh, the exception is the Bay Area, hey, Rod, they had more resources yeah. than uh, the rest of the schools. So maybe we'll have something that is better in line with uh, our values and, and our resources. Rod, this is John with Mike. I don't think we asked this of Hal, but, but having been in it so much for so long with your heart and your soul and all your work for all those years, but yet now being retired, are you obsessed with following the news on what's going to happen? Or are you taking the tack that you're done? Let them worry about it. (laughs) I guess I can't step away. (laughs) Uh, Having been affiliated with the two schools, and particularly with Oregon State, uh, my family, it's my family university. And uh, believe it or not, the family, when they settled in Corvallis, their home was the site of Waldo Hall. Mm-hmm. So it goes back a long, long ways. And I grew up with that being part of me. What a great institution it was. So I've followed every reliable source mm-hmm. that I can during this period. <laughs> That's, I'm glad you used the word reliable. Whom do you put in that category? Yeah. Not many, a few. I read all kinds Not of nonsense. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
No, there aren't very many. There, there are a couple of writers that that I think have done a good job, uh, as well as can be done mm-hmm. in, under these circumstances, and and with everybody wants to talk about it. Uh, but I I do scour the websites and and the newspapers to see what those people that I respect and think have really good journalistic skills are talking about. Okay. Rod Commons, our guest. Rod, how uh, how nice has it been for you? And, and, and probably we, we should have asked this. Well, we did ask this of Hal. And, and in the the evolution of the two schools, especially where you are, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll give the love to Washington State in facilities, infrastructure, care, for, for, for football, which really is kind of the, the drive, the passion by the fans. I mean, how, how nice has it been for you to work through it and then even enjoy seeing even more new building and, and, and investment, if you will, in Washington State and Oregon State from afar, uh, from, from where you came from way back in the 60s? Yeah. You know, when I was uh, a preschooler, my uh, daycare center was right behind Parker Stadium. Now, I'm using the old term. Yes. And I played, when the weather was good, I played where Parker Stadium is today. (laughs) Wow. Or Reeser Field. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spent countless hours in Gill Coliseum. One of my favorite places to go, and everybody could go there, was the museum in the basement. So, it's it's hard, and yet it's you know I'm I'm proud of what the two universities have done. You know we're we're sister or brother institutions. We're both land grant universities who have a role in our states that's so important, and it just it bothers me that what's going on right now, and I, and it goes back a lot further than just the conference dissolving. But it bothers me that it's going to make it tougher for these two institutions if we can't come up with something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like the direction that college athletics is going. And I suspect if you haven't asked Hal, but did, he would say the same thing. We're, we're kind of old-timers, and people can say, well, you're not in touch. Mm-hmm. But I think in many respects we are in touch with what's important. Yes, and what's so special about it. There is a good piece today. I don't venture down this somehow. There are many, you know, trails and rabbit holes and things we fall into, and it's hard to get out of them sometimes. CBSSports.com today, a writer did an excellent job on that site talking about this game between Washington State and Oregon State is what college football should be all about. Small-town communities where the university and the teams are everything, in a sense, to those communities. And, Rod, you've lived in both, and you've experienced both. CBS Sports, whomever that writer is, I can't even remember the name, but they said this is where college football really, this is what it's always been about and should be about. Would you, would you concur? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we are not blessed with financial resources that some of the schools have or want and don't have. And I think that's the case with several schools that have bailed on the conference. But I, I feel like this game is more of what it was when I got into business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, Rod, tell us a little bit more, kind of maybe some rapid fire things here a little bit down the stretch. We don't do this very often. When I think about the career that you had both at Oregon State and Washington State, is it true? I read in an article about you that you were once Mike Riley and Donnie Reynolds baseball coach with Richie's Market. Is that accurate? <laughs> that is accurate. Yep, we had. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could call myself a coach, uh, but uh, I was the assistant, and we were blessed with guys like Donnie Reynolds. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. All of a sudden, names aren't coming. All to right. me, but Mike Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dave Everson, uh, yes. so many really outstanding athletes at Corvallis High School, and those kids won state championships either their junior or senior year in football, basketball, baseball, and American Legion. So they they did not need a lot of coaching. <laughs> that's that's fair. Your time, your time at Oregon State, sixty-eight through seventy-three, as a full-timer. Who are some of the people, the relationships, coaches, whatever that 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 began to build then and stayed with you essentially for the rest of your career in life? Oh gosh, I guess you know I have to thank Jim Barrett first of all, who, when I left the internship, said we would like you to be our first assistant to John Eggers. And, uh, but we can't, we don't have in the budget right now, but we'll call you when we do. <laughs> right. And so I went to Newburgh and was editor of their weekly newspaper for 14 months. And Jim called me and said, can you start May 1st? And I said, sooner if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I would start with Jim because he hired me, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't say enough ever for John Eggers. He was the perfect boss for me in my mentality to teach me the business. When you get into coaches, well, you, you, you have to include guys like D, Paul, uh, Dale Thomas. Dale Thomas was just super to me. Mm-hmm. He took me to nationals, I think, three of the years that I was there, and it was in his heyday. I mean, those were his best teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a blast with Paul and Jimmy Anderson. Uh, I really liked the, all of the coaches that D had. Uh, Jack Riley, when, when Jack came in in baseball, did a superb job. What about track? And, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Track and field in that time, too. A heyday in those years that you were on the staff, right? Yes, it was. Uh, we lost a great one here not too long ago who taught the world yep. how the high jump is supposed to be done. Right. If you want to go higher. Uh, and Bernie was very good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little discussion when the season first season started because – I was going to do the track and we kind of worked out what needed to be done and how it needed to be done the way we went. And we had some awesome, awesome athletes. Also, when I was in school, the track program was good. And, uh, my end at that time was as a photographer more than anything else. Cause I was working for the barometer and, and did some work for the athletic department. Those were, 
very special years for me. Yeah. Hey, and then on the Washington state side, and Rod, thank you for touching on some of these things. The Washington state side, when I think of all the people and coaches and different sports you worked with, but we both had, both schools were blessed by Dennis Erickson working at Washington state. And I, it struck me watching the 1988 football season unfold when you end up going to the Aloha Bowl and beating Houston and Dennis's season that year and Jim Mahalchuk over the ball at center now, maybe the best offensive line coach in America working at Oregon State. What about Dennis and maybe some of the other personalities, Coach Walden, uh, you, uh, Jim Sweeney maybe at the end uh, of his run, Warren Powers, did you work with Jackie Sherrill at all? I'm just wondering about some of the people you crossed paths with at Washington State, Mike Price, Bill Doba, et cetera. Well, Sweeney was gone by the time okay. I got here. Okay. Uh, and Cheryl was in place, and I did work with, with the, him for a year, and then with Warren Powers, and then with Jim Walden. You, you know, I, I felt at one time that I had the best SIG job in America because <laughs> I had Jim Walden, George Rappling, John Chaplin, right. and Bobo Brayton. Oh, my gosh. And all you had to do was turn your microphone on and say, Coach, what do you think? <laughs> and you got 30 minutes. <laughs> That's funny. What personality did you kind of get the, I mean, did you get the most, I guess, kind of fun or kick out of through those years working closely alongside of them? Well, probably Bobo. Uh, it might be a tie between Bobo and Walden because they were they were folksy people that had these little sayings that they'd throw out and you know and and they had a purpose. Sometimes it took you a little while to think of what the purpose was, <laughs> but but there was a purpose for their players and, and even for fans. Uh, but those two, you know, were they were a laugh a minute. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jim. Uh, Wal- Walden lives up in Spokane. In fact, I'm, next week I don't think I'm going to go, but uh, they have a luncheon about once a month up there with a bunch of the sports writers and Walden and somebody will bring a guest. And you just sit around and, and sometimes you have to say, now, wait a minute, are we telling, <laughs> are we swapping stories or is this true? <laughs> what was Dennis like, those two? I mean, you had him for two and it, it always struck me that maybe his best times as much. I know he wins two national titles. He coaches in the NFL, but he struck me as fitting in a sense, best both in Pullman and Corvallis. And he even said the biggest mistake he ever made was leaving Oregon state. What was your time like with him in that 88 season? How special that was? Well, I got along with Dennis. Great. Uh, he was very savvy when it came to the media. Mm-hmm. And he understood his what he had to do for the media and what their role was. So it, he didn't take things personally. And that first season of, of going to the bowl under him, uh, he took a lot of the players that were freshmen and sophomores, and by the time they were juniors and seniors, guys like Mike Utley, uh, Tim Rosenbaugh. And he put together one heck of a team. And it was fun to just talk with Dennis uh, about football. I mean, that's what Dennis was. He was a football coach. And that's what drove him, and that's what he enjoyed. So to 
to be able to sit down and, and have a cup of coffee or something else <laughs> and yeah. uh, listen to Dennis talk about football of all all sizes and shapes. Yep. Yep. Uh, was a real education. Hey, the last person I want to ask you about, even though we're we're not doing proper respect probably to a great man and Coach Doba and the current guy doing a tremendous job, but Mike Price took the Cougs to the Rose Bowl twice, and you you came up with one of the great marketing campaigns ever for the Heisman Trophy when you came up with the idea. Tell us that story again, if you don't mind, Rod, on behalf of Ryan Leaf and his Heisman candidacy, and Ryan leads you guys to the Rose Bowl in 97. Unbelievable story in college football history. What do you remember about that, and how did you come up with the campaign? Well, uh, actually, Mike came up with a campaign. Now, I don't know where Mike got it, (laughs) but he came to me one day. We We met all the time in his office, and we'd talk about everything that was going on in Cougar athletics. And he said, what do you think about this? And at first I kind of had to scratch my head because he said, could we keep, go out and collect leaves? Now this is in the fall. <laughs> we had a little area that's not there anymore with a lot of trees and collect leaves, put them in a envelope that had Washington State University football and the return address and send them out to the voters. <laughs> I kind of thought about it and I, wait a minute, now let's think about this. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, the more I thought if we use that as the attention getter mm-hmm. at the start and then followed up with facts why this guy was so good, we might have something because it takes a, something to grab people's attention right at the start. So we did. We, we mailed out hundreds of envelopes with a leaf in them from Washington State University, and that's all. And I had one out of all we sent, I had one negative comment from a writer in California who said we were harassing him. Oh, wow. Yeah. But everybody else kind of worked up, you know, yeah. and, and thought, hey, maybe, maybe this is something I ought to pay attention to. And then we followed it out with a blitz every week. And I learned that from John Eggers. Yes. With a guy named Baker. Yes. And were you contemporaries with, I mean, tell me, when, when were your years? What class are you? Did you know Terry? Were you roughly contemporaries uh, with him? Well, I can't. I can't say I knew knew him. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, I was a freshman and a sophomore when he's a junior. And okay, senior. gotcha. Okay. But I did get to cover him. Mm-hmm. I was on the sidelines, uh, taking pictures for the newspaper. You know, and I had met him a number of times over the over the course of those two seasons. But what John did with uh, Terry Baker to get him the trophy, mm-hmm. the trophy in college football yep. was phenomenal. And nobody west of the Rockies yep. <laughs> had ever done that. And Terry has always been uh, very, 
appreciative and deferential over the years. I'm sure you've heard, Rod. Terry said, without Johnny Eggers, he doesn't win the trophy. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great tribute, even though Terry was a brilliant player on the field. Johnny's behind-the-scenes work to inform people of the truth about this outstanding young man helped carry it as well. And your campaign for Ryan Leaf is one of the more memorable ones in Heisman history. So congratulations <laughs> to you on that. And, Rod, I'm sorry that I won't see you this Saturday. I, I hope you feel better soon. You're making the right decision, it sounds like, to stay home. But we're going to miss you up there. It's always good to see you and all the trips up to the Palouse. And I look forward to a lot more of them in the years to come. Thank you for taking time for us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Say hello to all of my fans down there, both of them. <laughs> we'll do so, Rod. Thank you so okay. much. Rod Commons, the Hall of Fame SID, seen a little bit of everything, and he he did say his great-grandparents, Wallace and Louisa Nash, founded the little community of Nashville, pioneers in Benton and Lincoln counties, and they once had a home right where Waldo Hall now sits. Wow. His great-grandparents. That's history. Can't break, can't beat that. Let's break. We'll wrap up hour number one on Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 758 Edward Jones, number SIPC. We set them up, you knock them down. Island Bowl! Family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Island Bowl. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Island Bowl. We set them Corvallis. Rod's a great one, you know, and I really enjoyed this week visiting with Hal and Rod, two legends within the institutions, Johnny. Yeah. We're going to go open phones when we come back. So if there's anything you want to talk about with respect to the game itself, the matchup, your level of anxiety, nervousness, concern, your excitement for the game, are you going up to the game? All the years in the Palouse, the matchups with Washington State through the years, your thoughts about the community of Nashville founded by Rod Commons' great-grandparents, that and Hidden Valley and more next hour. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Day 7 of the United Auto Workers Union strike against Detroit's big three automakers, with the union rejecting a counteroffer from Jeep maker Stellantis because it lacked the job security guarantees the union demanded. The UAW is scheduling a Facebook Live event Friday morning to update its strike plans. Meantime, a Detroit-based car seat maker temporarily laying off 650 workers because of that UAW strike. Also, fallout at U.S. Steel. It's already idling one of its blast furnaces in Illinois. First-time jobless claims last week down by 20,000. That's the fewest since January. 
That's not helping Wall Street very much. Those stocks are lower on signals from the Fed that interest rates will stay higher for longer to drive inflation lower. With that, the Dow is down half a percent. The Nasdaq, one and a quarter percent lower. The S&P down one percent. And Amazon does it. So does Instacart. And starting next year, Uber Eats will accept food stamps as payment for food orders. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beavs! The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L2501 tractor is part of a tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. And it's on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The L2501 tractor features a Kubota diesel engine and is easy to operate. See Lynn Benton Tractor today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Lynn Benton Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, Tom Wirth, or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, a golf guru, with another Golf Minute to help you get more extension in your game. One of the biggest flaws that amateurs have in their swing is an early wrist cock. This happens when the hands literally lift the club up on the takeaway, which causes the swing to become very steep and prevents your weight from transferring away from the ball. When this happens, you can't load your swing going back, and therefore you can't unload for power on the downswing. Here's some help. To avoid an early wrist cock, make a wide extension on your takeaway. When your hands get to hip height on the backswing, your club head should be at the same height, not cocked straight up in the air. This gets the upper body turning behind the ball sooner, which transfers your weight away from the ball. From this position, you can start to shift forward to initiate the downswing with lots of power. So remember, if you're having a major power leak, eliminating an early wrist cock will help solve the problem. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Thinning hair is normal. 
but it doesn't have to be your fate. Once I started taking Nutrafol, I could visibly see my hair get thicker. It made my hair stronger. Nutrafol, the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement brand. Nutrafol has taken me back to the hair I was meant to have. You've got nothing to lose and everything to grow. Join the one million people growing at Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When black... This is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. A number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah, plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's The Joe Beaver Show. The second hour, we're going to go down to the small town of uh, Grants Pass, Hidden Valley High School, which has sent three athletes to Oregon State in recent years, and the latest Jeremiah Noga, starting wide receiver this past weekend against San Diego State, announced by Jonathan to the entire team in the auditorium at Valley Football Center that he's been awarded a scholarship. A sweet moment, what college athletics all about. This 99% chance story, you got a text on the University of Honda text line about, I, I, I suppose, I wonder today at one o'clock if somebody's going to ask Pat Chun, Scott Barnes, Jayathi Murthy, and uh, Kirk Schultz about the po- model of the relegation model. You know, yeah, create, somebody will. Apparently, somebody will. There's stuff out there about that on different quote unquote podcasts, whatever they are. To me, that almost gets back to my question, though, to Rod Commons, who says, I pay attention to, and he went out of his way uh-huh. to reliable sources. I don't. I don't put much stock in that that idea. Who's ever floating it? I much. I would. I would agree. None. I would agree. But if you, it, it feels like it's taking on uh, steam. It's. It's gaining steam, and more people are reposting stuff. Right, and, and, and you know yeah. that's kind of the thing that we've been trying to balance for the better part of about I don't know ten years, maybe more. As 
things that are put on the internet, then then the fan base thinks it's real and that it was so it came from a department. No, it came from somebody's idea, and then they create a podcast and make it look all official. And then people think, well, those they're they're sourced information. Now there may be, I don't know, because there are podcasts for real people. Like Kanzano has a podcast. So with Kins- Wilner. So mm-hmm. if Kanzano mm-hmm. and Wilner talk about something, I'd say, okay, absolutely. There's credibility here. But if yeah. Billy Joe Smith has a West Virginia podcast and says something on there, right. I'm not and and you know, I'm not gonna take that for what it is because they're not seasoned. That's the difference between between social media and actual media. And yeah, most people hate the media. I hate you guys. Uh, Dashiell gets, it's so funny oh, in the question and answer, and he, he has great comebacks. Nick's a good reporter. He is a good a really reporter. really good and reporter. He digs and he well gets well-sourced well and sourced. informed, does a great job. Exactly. And and some of the questions, I'm like, oh boy. And he has really good retorts. But but just to see all these podcasts, well, okay, yeah. but who are these people? I agree, Johnny. There's Pat yeah. McAfee, there's Wilner and Kinzano, and then there's a few others that we know are sourced because they have other outlets the Oregonian in Kinzano's case back in the day. Um, for Wilner, of course, the hotline and the San Jose Mercury News. He was a guy. He was a guy long before. Way ahead of right the, now. Right. He was all over. He's been on the conference yeah. issues yeah. essentially since Larry Scott right. came in. And he said, hey, you know, there's a lot of news breaking in the Pac-10, now Pac-12. There's, He's covered it intensively. There's a scene, you know, you and I always kind of... Uh, compare life to movie scenes there's a scene in the movie back to the future where all these exciting things are happening and uh george mcfly finally punches biff and then everyone's gathering around and as they're all scattering there's a girl that says yeah and there's there's a rumor that he killed some guy and you know how fast things (laughs) pick up and take off and i think a lot of that happens with the internet and then they'll say hey everybody's talking about this relegation well who's everybody yeah right and they well, now to say so, all this, there may be now, someone so this who's, is, yeah, exactly. who's legitimate and that I just don't know. That may be. And we don't have, for the texture, thank you for the text on the University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. Whomever the texter was bringing it to our attention, I would say to the texter, if you can help us, we don't have time to chase everything down. Where did you see it when you said there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts that are taking up this relegation model thing? Well, can you cite one or two that you believe have a tincture or a shred of credibility? Right. Or is this just chatter of, oh, you know what they ought to do? Or here's something they should consider. Right. Or is there somebody that sourced saying, We're hearing our sources tell us right. and sources that have legitimacy, perhaps potentially within either university now or the mountain west conference commissioner or whatever i'll take it even a step further there are actual writers and actual Mm -hmm. media people who by their own reputation put out a lot of stuff that's never true and and i'll say that maybe these are real good guys and do what they do very well but i will say there was a portion of time in the last year after usc and ucla left and we still had a conference when Brett McMurphy was really, really jonesing for the Big 12, he covers the Big 12, and then uh, who was it for CBS Sports? And they kept... Dennis sick, Dodd. Dennis Dodd. Yeah. They just kept throwing stuff out there to where, um, subvertly, uh, or, or, you know, Kanzano would say other writers, and I had to know he was talking about mm-hmm. those guys, mm-hmm. aren't sourced, 
They're just saying these things, and nothing came true what they said. Now, someone, at the time, at the time, now someone might argue, "Oh yeah, well, McMurphy right. kept saying that the, the four, four corners, corners were, were gone, were gone to the Big Twelve. Right. That they ended up in the Big Twelve, but until the very last day, Thursday night, right. August third, the four corner schools were ready to sign a bloodline that I know. they were with the Pac twelve. I know. So even though they ended up in the Big Twelve. All that writing in the previous months mm-hmm. by Brett McMurphy had nothing to do with that. They weren't going. It's just that, yeah, McMurphy was half right. The Big 12 wanted them, but they weren't going until they had no place to go. And they're like, okay, fine, we'll go. But that, but that's not based it's on McMurphy's reporting. Would, exactly. In the long, although Brett would still say, ultimately, I can say, see. Yeah. Now, we're going to go to Dave and Tumwater. We've had a call from Kirkland. We'd love to get a call right here, maybe in our Mid-Valley. Corvallis, Albany, we connected in Pullman. So Pullman, Kirkland, we're going to Tumwater. Any Oregonian who'd care to call or text today, feel free at 497 well, I know we have three fans among us. Yeah, 497-5356, Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line. On all of this 99% chance stuff, final thing before we get to Dave, I enjoyed the line in one of the Police Squad episodes or Naked Gun movies by George Kennedy. There's looking at OJ in the hospital bed or whatever, yeah. and George says, well, the doctors say he's got a 50-50 chance of living, but there's only a 10% chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's about how I feel about the breakdown of all yeah. these percentages yeah. right about now. Let's go to Dave and Tumwater. Dave, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, I was glad to get that guy in the fold from, uh, was it Kirkland he called? He's a good caller. Yes, he was. Garrett from Kirkland. Yes. So, uh, a couple of questions, Mike, before I get to my main reason for calling, which was my most memorable Coug game memories at Reeser. Uh, is there, where can one tune into that press conference at 1 o'clock? Do you have any insight on that? That's a media-only thing that I know well, of. Well, you know, how did you manage, Dave? I thought the last time there was a Zoom call, a Zoom call press conference. Oh, that was the court. They, uh, oh, on the court hearing, yeah. yes. This is yeah. kind of a media invite kind of thing, Dave, this time around on this press conference. Okay, well, that answers okay. that. Um, the relegation story is real. There are credible sources that are cited, I mean, that are reporting, a guy like Ross Dellinger. Oh, yeah. I think is a chief sports writer for Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And the Boise State Athletic Director is the principal proponent of it. I mean, there's a real person. With a real college, okay, okay. with real ideas quoted in print. Yeah, like we said, we don't we don't know yeah. that there might be out there. It's just that for the texture to us and the conversations I've had here in the building are I'm hearing well by, by who and hearing from home. But Dave, let me ask you this then: What do you mean? Do you think a relegation model has any legs? Uh, a modified relegation, yes. Well, actually, what I think is going to happen, I think that's one of the ideas okay. that the Cougs and Bees have in reserve. This is the Mountain West rejoinder to what the Oregon State, Washington State main game plan is, which is to stall and discern, uh, which could include a scheduling partnership with the Mountain West, uh, could be just a, a full independence, buying time, you know, get the credits, uh, schedule ambitiously, you know, try to bring some big teams in, uh, maybe do a home-and-home between the Cougs and uh, Beavs, uh, you know, schedule uh, with some Mountain West. But I don't see the relegation thing, guys, can't work until the Mountain West Conference 
TV program expires in two years. So that's more of a long-term game okay. anyway. Yes. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. Thank you for that, Dave. No, I, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of keep poking around on that, and it may even come up today. Who knows if there's enough out there, chatter out there. And if you say the Boise State director of athletics has actually said something about it, then that yeah. could indeed be fodder for the press conference later today with the four Schultz, Barnes, Murphy, and Chun. <laughs> Yes, he's actually put pen to paper, okay, and uh, seemingly, uh, and again, just to recapitulate, I think this relegation model is the Mountain West's own fall strategy. Looking forward to the expiration of their contract twenty after the end of the twenty six season, I believe. Uh, what do they look forward to downstream? And the mean Oregon State, Washington State are kind of in that dialogue, but they're pursuing a separate track, which could include the reverse merger, could include this relegation, which includes more than the Mountain West schools, by the way. It includes a lot of uh, AAC schools, uh, maybe hmm. some Conference USA, so it's intended to be a national conference. Ah. But anyway. Well, yeah. okay, and the so, final, Dave, let me, okay, just the final thing on that would be that you think maybe the Mountain West rejoinder in case there's not a full reverse merger, and if Washington State and Oregon State in a couple of years take so quote unquote the six best Mountain West schools. The Mountain West would want a fallback plan of saying we could play our way in, up into the best through a relegation model. Yes, and what they share in common, like yes, I do believe that's what's going on. Okay, reading between the tea leaves, uh, and but what the two plans, schemes, dreams share in common is the is um, daring the power four with the antitrust already squaring them, mm-hmm. where, already facing them square in the face with what's already happened to Oregon State and Washington State, daring the Power Five not to include them as a guaranteed seat at the table as a Power Five conference when the new tournament starts. So I think that's all part okay. of the mix. Gotcha. So what else, Dave? What, what else is uh, You have Cougar Beaver memories in Corvallis, huh? Well, I, I do. I just, yeah. just kind of teased it yesterday. So the two most explosive mo- – I've been a fan of Oregon State. been going to games there since Father's Weekend, 1999. Mm-hmm. We talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Beavers are winners. Yeah. Anyway, the, the two most explosive moments all that time, almost more than 20 years now, just to get it out of the way, Sammy Strauder's punt return against SC in, what was that, 06, maybe? Yes, it was 06. The place was, was just gonzo. I mean, it was right. just nuts. The other one is a coup game. Davy Piscatelli's yep. interception for a touchdown late in the 2005 game. <clears throat> he picked it off on the, what, uh, the west sideline, took it in for a score. It was the game-changing play. Yep. The place, to, it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Davy picked it off, and the place was just crazy. So that's <laughs> the one. That's the positive. That's the good news. The bad news, Mike, yes. you, know, you know my old trope about the, the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel <laughs> on the other shoulder. So here we go. But it's just, it's just what it is. Yep. The um, 2010 game when Quiz mm-hmm. was horse-tailed, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. horse-necked, out of bounds onto the pavement Again, on the west side by Washington State players, which was bad enough, Mike. It was bad enough that happened 
But it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. This was on the Oregon State sideline, and the Oregon State players on the bench just kind of parted the ways yeah. so that the Washington State tacklers could crunch a quiz almost into the concrete wall. Mm-hmm. He, he was that far out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, that was the lowest moment, I dare say, one of the lowest moments yes. in all of my looking at uh, Oregon State football. And it betokened, and I'll just end with this, and I know you won't want to go much farther. It betokened the end of the era of Oregon State football that began that Father's Day weekend in 1999. That era died that night at Research Stadium when there was the parting of the sea and they carried quiz almost to the concrete wall. The Cougars, that is. Yeah, it was a bad, that's one of the bad losses, no question. That was not a good Cougar team, and they pushed the Beavers around to the tune of a 31-14 to defeat. It was a sad moment, and the thing I remember most about it, football is the ultimate team game, Dave, and you, one player can't will. In basketball, occasionally, I do think a player in a five-person team game can take over a game, if you know what I mean. I Give me the ball. I'm going to put the ball in the hole, and I'm going to get us back, and we're going to win this game. We've seen, you know, he needs a little, he or she needs a little help, but you know what I'm saying. Basketball, one person or yeah. two, can win a game by just taking it over. Football doesn't really allow that. But that day, Quiz and Stephen Paya bless their hearts. I, I've i never seen two guys work harder for every yard, Quiz for every yard that he got the rest of that day, and Paya trying to destroy people up front. Those two guys gave some of the best effort I've ever seen on, on an individual level because they were mad, they were angry, that needed to permeate the entire team that day in response to all of that, and it didn't happen. I'm, I concur with you on that. That was not a, yep. not a good day. That, I agree. That was, that was the beginning. Of the Oregon, that, Oregon State lost that day. They lost four of their last five, including that game. There was the win against UC, uh, USC in November, but then they were going through right. turmoil, I think. Kiffin had gotten fired. That was uh, yep. almost a gimme. But in other words, there was something that was, you could see disaffection, lack of energy, lack of focus beginning to creep into the program, and it led all the way to the bottom and, until Jonathan Smith took over. I mean, I'm just calling it the way I see it. It's the fans' perspective of things. Right. But that game was regrettable. As much as the beat, now that I've got to tie it all together yesterday and today, as much as the Beaver victory in Pullman, in 1999 was the emblematic moment of the ascendancy mm-hmm. of Oregon State football. That loss in Research Stadium in 2010 was emblematic of the descendants of, or if there is, if mm-hmm. that is such a mm-hmm. word, of Oregon State football until Jonathan resurrected it. To close on the the more light, the, the more positive and happy note you cited, and happy moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll close on that. Just to to remain friends. No, we'll close on that. The Piscatelli pick did take the Beavers from down 34-30, I think, to a head in a game that they trailed 14 to nothing, 30 to 16. That pick made it 34-30 Beavers on the pick six, and they go on to win. Alex Brink threw that pass on a day that Alex threw for 531 yards against the Beavers, which was the all-time Cougar record for one game by anybody until Anthony Gordon threw for 606 against the Beavers in Pullman four years ago in that heartbreaking 54-53 loss. So these games have given us a lot of stuff through the years, Dave, and 
I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Before we turn you loose, what's your gut level about how this one's going to play out in Pullman Saturday? You know, Mike, normally I'm not shy about offering an opinion. I have no okay. idea. Yeah. I mean, the Cougs have the home field advantage. Uh, uh, as I said the other day, I mean, uh, you never stand in front of a streak. But Cougs have won a lot of games there. Oregon State's won a lot of games. Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be exciting. I really, I really don't know. But I do want to thank you for filling out the picture, Mike, because just to go back to Savvy's pick, because what was what the dy- the subtext, the dynamic was. It seemed as if the the bees were on, going, were on the ropes a little bit. Yeah. Now that you've explained why, because yeah. Brink was just marching up, and Savvy's pick was just such a yeah. surprising element. That's what electrified the yes. crowd because it seemingly came from nowhere. Mike. Absolutely, and the bees went on to win. It was a sweet moment, Dave. And that there were about forty three, forty four thousand people at that game too. It was an electrified moment to be sure. Thanks for the time, Dave. Always good to hear from you. We'll see. I hope to see you in the Palouse, perhaps. Thanks for joining the show. What do we got, Doc, time-wise on the fan? 25. Okay. Then what I think we should do, let's see who it is, because I did ask for a call from maybe within the borders of the Beaver State. (laughs) We've been in Kirkland. We've been in uh, Tumwater. We've been in Pullman today. If we have an Oregonian, you know, that I hope narrows things down a little bit. If you live in the state of Oregon, you're eligible to call. (laughs) I hope to take a call from somebody in the Beaver State before the show is over. And in fact, we will stay within the state with our next guest. And I'll put S in parentheses, guests, although I think the heavy lifting will be done by the principal at Hidden Valley High School. His name is Damian Croson, C-R-O-W-S-O-N. Who? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Damien went to Monroe High School down the road. He grew up in Beaver Country. He went to Pacific. He's been an educator in Southern Oregon for a long time. And he is the principal and knows the Noga family. And I just kind of want to get a feel as the Beavers and Cougs go to meet one another in a tremendous college football atmosphere this Saturday on the Palouse, Martin Stadium in Pullman. For me, it's what makes college sports great and college football great. This kind of setting we're going to see up there Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah. And then bringing that closer to home and on a smaller scale, but it's all part of the same type of feel for what makes these things great. A young man, a walk-on out of Hidden Valley High School, is now on scholarship, and Jonathan Smith announced that to his team yesterday. Jeremiah Noga's story will kind of flesh out a little bit and head down to Grants Pass next. Thanks for joining us today on Joe Radio. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon 
we couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. There's a lot of power plays going on this year in college football, but there's still a lot of power here in the Willamette Valley. A power Honda off the Sandy MX at Albany, they have their new hybrid Accords and CRVs waiting for you to test drive, as well as their new Pilots, HRV, and Ridgeline trucks. And with over a thousand pre-owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com, Power Honda in Albany can offer you the real power plays to help you drive. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider cultured marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is, no grout lines, affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of cultured marble. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. We've been talking about what makes college sports, college football great. 
And I, the community feeling that we have gotten through the years and just rehearsing some of the history between Oregon State and Washington State, and the longtime series dating back to 1903, the Beavers as a charter member of the Pacific Coast Conference from 1915, Washington State neophytes by comparison came in two years later yeah. in 1917. Just to, to think about sort of the sad place we're all in with respect to the uncertain future and all of that that we've been preoccupied with and talking a lot about. At the same time, while that's going on, we're in the midst of a season for both teams that have gotten off to tremendous starts. Thus, the two teams meet as ranked schools for the first time ever in a series that dates to 1903. But in the midst of the seasons underway and feel-good stories in both programs, one of the best at Oregon State has been the emergence of a young man named Jeremiah Noga, whose name we haven't called often through the years. He's a redshirt sophomore out of Hidden Valley High School, a walk-on from Hidden Valley and Grants Pass. He made his first start last week. He caught a touchdown pass from DJU at San Jose State. And through work, determination, belief in, both in, in by him, I'm sure, on his own part, and the coaches watching him work, Jeremiah's become a guy in the room, as they say, and affecting the rotation. And he'll be part of the Beavers' attack this weekend on the Palouse. To talk about how this story has evolved into Coach Jonathan Smith announcing to the entire team yesterday that Jeremiah Noga has gone from walk-on to full scholarship status. Congratulations to Jeremiah. We head down to Grants Pass to visit with someone that's known Jeremiah for a long time, the principal at Hidden Valley High School, Damian Croson. We may indeed touch base with a current head football coach there who didn't coach Damian, but is coaching Jeremiah's younger brother. Right. So we've got a lot of things to get to here and kind of fleshing out this great story of what makes college athletics such a grand uh, part of our lives. Damian Croson, the principal at Hidden Valley. Damian, good afternoon. Thanks for taking time for us today. How are you? Doing great down here in Southern Oregon. Yeah, we're glad to have you with us. And I, I thought of Southern Oregon and the community of Grants Pass when Jeremiah heard his news. Tell us a little bit about how you followed it, heard about it. You, you've told me you've posted it on your sites. I mean, what this meant to you and your community in Grants Pass. Uh, well, we're we're so incredibly proud of Jeremiah and. Uh, we, we've, we've been so fortunate to have a large number of student-athletes uh, come from our region, and uh, specifically Jeremiah's graduating class at Hidden Valley. We had a large number of, of student-athletes go uh, beyond, but Jeremiah's hard work and determination, we, we could not be more proud of, of that young man, and, and we're, we're elated for his family, too. Damian Croson, the principal at uh, Hidden Valley High School, joining us. Damien, you told me when we visited earlier, you said you're delighted for his family, too. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, your connectedness with, your roots with the, the uh, Noga family. Uh, well, uh, I was fortunate enough to be the principal at Lincoln Savage Middle School, which is the middle school that feeds Hidden Valley. Uh, and I got to know uh, Mackenzie Noga, who's Jeremiah's older sister. Uh, Sana uh, just graduated from Hidden Valley, played basketball. Uh, and we currently have uh, his younger brother, Presley, um, on our football team. And John, uh, Jeremiah's dad, is a coach on the football team. So when you get news like this, 
Tell us a little bit about how quickly the word spreads that a walk-on out of Hidden Valley has now become a scholarship player for a Power 5 <laughs> Pac-12 school. Is that something that, that hits your radar pretty quickly? And, and what is sort of the reaction in town, in your school, among your students and student-athletes? Are they all aware of it and, and talking about this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's a little more bounce in our step here in Valley and our smiles are, are normally big, but they're a little bit bigger today, knowing uh, that Jeremiah uh, has been rewarded for all of his hard work and his determination. Um, and we at Hidden Valley would like to say that it's it's no surprise. I mean, I've known him since he was a sixth grader, um, and if you've had any chance to talk with Jeremiah, his smile lights up a room, um, and you can see a smile on a football field through his helmet. I mean, he's just a He's a just a tremendous kid, um, and he loves the game of football. And he was a tremendous athlete, actually, all three sports here at Hidden Valley. And, and we're just, again, this is one of those things that uh, uh, Mustang Nation, and we know you talk about Beaver Nation, but we talk about Mustang Nation down here. We're just incredibly proud of him. The principal at Hidden Valley High School, Damian Croson, joining us. We'll get a thought from head football coach in his first year at Hidden Valley, David Zauer, on Presley here in a moment of the season that the Mustangs are having. But, Damian, you mentioned kind of a, I don't know what your enrollment is. I do know Grants Pass is a is a small town. Uh, I grew up in Cottage Grove, went to high school there. We're smaller, but I, I know of the experience. And when somebody out of your community makes it, so to speak, at the at a, at a very high level, it means a lot, but you've had, you were telling me, tell us about the three with Oregon State connections in, in the recent years that you were talking about. Yeah, we've, uh, the, the student athletes that have been going through Hidden Valley in the last decade, I, I'm not sure there's too many 4A schools, private or public in the state, that would compete with the number of student athletes that we've had. And we've got uh, Jeremiah, of course. Uh, Sam Bidlack, who was a freshman at Oregon State a few years ago, who's now the starting quarterback at Montana. Uh, we've got Jada Hurley, who's a track athlete at uh, Oregon State. Jaden Steele was also at Oregon State. Um, out of Jeremiah's graduating class alone, we had eight student athletes go on to the Division One or Division Two level. So, again, for a 4A school, that's that's unheard of. We've, we've just had a really good stretch, and we've been blessed with a uh, very supportive community and, and tremendous parents and families that come through here. And um, it's just, I, I think that is a testament to, uh, it takes us all to be the one for a kid. And, and uh, we've, we've just had some student athletes that have just been pretty, pretty amazing here. Damien, tell us a little bit about, you know, you say you've got, you've had kind of a good run of late, but that's not by accident. Give us a little bit more of how it's all part of the community and, and the pride the community has in, in going about things the way you do. Uh, I mean, just give us a feel for that. I think it's a great story. Tell us a little bit more about what is fostered, I guess, the environment that's fostered and made this kind of at least athletic and, and in Jeremiah's case and many others, I'm sure, academic success possible. Yeah, I think it, it, it goes back a few years. I mean, Dennis Meisner, who was the principal at uh, Hidden Valley, uh, Dave Stone came online. And uh, Day and Brian Miller had a vision to update our athletic facilities and um, the amount of community support and in-kind donation we had in our community to make an athletic complex uh, a reality. We've got a, a, a phenomenal all-weather all track and football, soccer field. Uh, same thing with baseball and softball. I mean, we're currently in conversations with having a lighting project here so we can play later games. 
uh, for our baseball and our softball fields. Uh, our girls' soccer program has been uh, in the state championship year after year. Uh, in 2021, I think we won four state championships in the in the spring of 21. And again, I mean, this is just stuff that doesn't happen at at any level, let alone the 4A level. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's I, this example uh, Friday, we're going to have an alumni game, and it's, we're we're expecting a, a full house uh, for a game versus Ashland. Damian, you're a a Mid Valley kind of guy, though, right? I mean, you're you're experiencing and loving all that you're. Uh, that you've just touched on in your life in Southern Oregon at Grants Pass. You told me earlier you grew up in Monroe, went to Monroe High School, and kind of grew up in Beaver Country and have connections to Oregon State. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep, I'm I'm a Monroe Dragon, class of 1990. Uh, my family's been there a long time. My dad was a superintendent in Monroe. My cousin Bill's the current superintendent there, and just going to like the Bend ben County Fair and uh, Corvallis was always our backyard, and it was a place that we always went and, and I was fortunate enough to grow up in the, the Ralph Miller era. We're watching the Orange Express, uh, Daryl Flowers and Gary Payton and AC Green and and uh, I even had a chance playing softball City League in Corvallis, playing with the likes of, you know, Bryce Oglesby and and uh, I bought my first truck from uh, an ex offensive lineman from Oregon State. So uh, Corvallis has always been kind of a, a, a second home to me. My daughter actually is a uh, just finished her sophomore year at Oregon State, and uh, we've had Beaver in our blood for a long time. That is good to hear. Now, Damian, I I will ask you then, since we were preoccupied with the issues I talked about when we brought you on, the realignment. and uh, In the town of Grants Pass, is that a talking point, a conversational thing? Do you find yourself with your colleagues, you're the principal there at the school, bemoaning what's happened. I mean, how, you know, we, we're living in it right here in Corvallis, Albany. What about in Grants Pass, Oregon, in terms of that driving conversation and people maybe happy, not happy about it? Um, the realignment, uh, well, uh, I'm a Pac-10, Pac Pac-12, Pac-8 guy. Um, you know, I've, I've probably been to more Duck games than I've been to Beaver games, but at the same time, the Pac-12 is... is uh, a near and dear to my heart. I, I'd hate to see it disappear. I understand money uh, is a driving force uh, to a lot of these things, but um, for as long as I've ever known, uh, the rivalries and the, and the matchups, uh, you know, let's use Washington State, which is your opponent this, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've really come along as of late, as has Oregon State, and I don't want uh, those programs uh, to be something that's uh, not a staple in the fall of, of every Saturday. I mean, Pac-12 should stay. Uh, and that's, it's a conversation that we have here. Uh, my athletic director, Travis Howard, we talk uh, athletics all the time, and uh, we just don't know any different. And right. uh, we hope that maybe <laughs> the, the chancellors or presidents of the universities can come together and, and maybe the Pac-12 is not dead. Let's hope not. Yeah, maybe uh, somehow, some way down the road, there can Pac-2 be a, a reunion of sorts, perhaps, as others have suggested that, hey, five years from now, there may <laughs> be a few by- Buyers remorse. Hey, look, do you have a room place for us back west? You know, we'll see <laughs> how that all plays out. And Damian, it's not because you just said you've been to more games down the road than maybe Beaver games that I'm going to ask you to hand the phone to somebody else. However, <laughs> it's not because you said that. But Coach Zauer is there. He's in his first year, but he knows the territory, having been at Grants Pass. David Zauer, first year football coach. 
has the phone in his hand now on the downward dog phone line. John John Warren yeah. is with me, Coach, and has a question for you, as do I. John, go ahead. Thanks for joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show, Coach. You're coming off that win. Yeah, no coming off that win. Uh, Klamath Union, I guess. And you got Ashland coming up tomorrow. Do you have any more Pac-12-level players in your uh, in your bank, like a Jeremiah Noga, uh, you know, I I'd like to say that yeah, we probably have a, have a couple in here. I think it's always interesting to see these kids coming from young schools. Uh, a lot of it has to do with work ethic and culture. And right now, we got a good thing going with that. And we have a couple more, you know, Nogas here and uh, some relation uh, cousins too. Yeah. Yeah, family bloodlines uh, matter a lot in virtually every community. Yeah. Is your program and the previous coaches before you, is it integrated, connected with the youth programs? Because in a lot of places uh, that we find that to be true, where you, you'll, you'll basically talk with the youth coaches, give them the basics of your offense and your defensive sets and what you might run for the little guys so they know it when they get to be freshmen in high school. So... Same here with my experience. In all my experience, what I've noticed is that the stronger the youth program, uh, and if it's the closer it's ran to uh, how the head coach of the whatever high school that it's feeding into uh, plays a huge benefit to that program. So I'm from Northern California, uh, Redding, and we've got teams down there that are in my division, like Sutter, who continually every year has you know competitive. Uh, playoff running teams, and they've always had a strong youth program. So um, with that being said, here in Oregon uh, and having middle school football, um, I've made it uh, at least part of my plan. I can't really speak on what they were doing before I was here because things happened kind of quickly here for me. Um, I've already gone, and uh, before school ended last year, I made sure I went and met with uh, all the schools that uh, need this area and feed our school. Um, and I think it's essential, especially moving forward. It's the only way to build your program. you got to get kids excited early. Coach Jauer, I'm, I'm curious to know, and we'll turn you guys both loose. Thank you for taking time and a busy day to join us on the show. What yeah, kind of, what kind of stuff do you run? I mean, as a, you know, high school football coach at Hidden Valley, what do you run? What kind of schemes, what kind of offense are you in? What do you do on defense? I mean, what sets you apart a little bit? So the funny thing is I've actually talked to my kids about this a lot. I try to encourage them to watch football in general, but probably more college football because if I go back to when I first started coaching high school football, you know, around 2010, and I look at the progression of the game, it's always right behind college football. So that progression I think is something that you need to pay attention to. Um, and I think we have to give these kids a lot more credit than we sometimes do as far as what they're capable of. So I built a defense last year um, that I kind of just did some things that I've been thinking about for a while, and I made up some, you know, some of my own rules. And basically it's just a roll-type defense where we will roll down into our cover three stuff. We always give a too-high look, um, and we're trying to be as deceptive as possible. Our offense is just a traditional spread uh, read type offense. Uh, we're not quite to an RPO status yet because that's as uh, nice and smooth as that looks. Um, it's not as easy to pull off, you know, to have that many reads for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But you can still run a read uh, concept 
um, and have multiple options, a lot of outside screen stuff. But we also like to get big uh, and be physical, too, when we can. Mm-hmm. So I like having multiple things to do. High school is just tough, though, because you don't have as much time to teach all the awesome stuff that you want to do. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Has the, the this this trend in the NFL to have the, to just throw it all the time and running backs are getting paid less and they're not nearly as prominent as they once were. Has that filtered down to you? Have you noticed the kids, nobody wants to be a running back anymore? No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, we got plenty of kids that want to run the ball. I think especially at the high school level, um, it's very rare that you're going to find a quarterback that can make those tougher throws, the deep outs, uh, the deep outs on, you know, on the hash, uh, throw the deep ball really well, back shoulder throws. So I think in high school, generally, um, you're going to rely more on the run, and you have to be able to have that. Um, but I see it as the, everything sways and goes up and down and back and forth. Um, running backs now have to be, you know, it's like a hybrid safety on defense that can play linebacker, mm-hmm. fill the box, you know, play in man coverage, cover a slot receiver. I think running backs got to kind of start filling that role. They got to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. They got to be able to pass block. They got to be able to run the ball and be able to run inside and outside zone, which is not easy as well. Last thing on the football stuff, really appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts with us, Coach Zauer, David Zauer, head coach at Hidden Valley High. Then you can hand it back to Damien and we'll close after this. When you, as a football guy, look at Oregon State football and what the Beavers do, what are some things that occur to you? Uh, to me, uh, when I'm watching them play, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, culture. I think those dudes are all in it for each other. I mean, I see that right off the bat, and that's how a guy like Noga thrives in an environment like that because he's got that hard work ethic, um, that no quit, that. Um, you know, I got to get better every day. I got to make sure I'm putting my teammates in front of me and I'm doing the right things and I'm being a good person. Um, when the culture is right, those kind of guys thrive. And that's why Noga's doing so well there. I see it in his brother, uh, and his, uh, cousin and his dad. Um, so that's what I see. I see culture and the football comes along with it. And those dudes out there, they play with heart and they leave it all out there on the field. I got to see it firsthand last year when I went to a Washington State, the Washington State, Oregon State game. One of my ex players uh, was a lineman for the Washington State team. So that's a great answer. Yeah, that is a great yeah. answer. So John Noga then is probably not. You don't have to give him a raise because Jeremiah got a, a scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I, hey. hopefully that takes yeah. some pressure off. <laughs> hey, David, please, and, and go ahead and hand it back to Damon. Coach Zauer, good luck the rest of the season to you. Thanks for taking time for us, Coach. Nice to meet you. Uh, we'll talk again. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's hand it back to Damian and Damian Croson, the principal at Hidden Valley. This is a little out of our usual lane, as you might understand, Damon. We don't do a lot of interviews in Grants Pass, but we did talk to somebody about Sam Vidlack a couple of years ago, Jada Hurley on our track and field team. I mean, there have been some tremendous stories that we look forward to pursuing. I just want to thank you for facilitating a conversation here today. Please say congratulations to us, to John and the rest of the Noga family, and hope that our paths will cross someday. But, Damien, thank you for making time for us here today. We really appreciate it. No, thank you. And, again, anytime that we can 
celebrate uh, student-athletes, and especially student-athletes like Jeremiah. Uh, we, we absolutely will make time for that. and it's, That's why we're in the business that we are in. And, and uh, Jeremiah, if you're listening, uh, we love you. We're proud of you. And, and Hidden Valley is always your home. That's a great great, uh, great story. And thank you for sharing your time, Damian. We appreciate it. Damian Croson and David Zauer, principal and football coach in a great community of Grants Pass. Mm-hmm. How far off? The hot, do you know where Hidden Valley is? I've been to Hidden Valley High School. How far off the freeway is it? I, yeah, I don't know, six miles, okay. five, five I, or I'm six, just, maybe. I'm just trying to yeah, I'm just trying to. I've think. only been to Grants Pass. We played my senior year against Grants Pass, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even remember. I, I just in my brain, I've driven I five, but never to yes. go to these. No, places. No, and maybe that may be too many miles off I five. I don't remember. Does anybody remember this? Is it true? I've asked, is it just urban legend or is it true? Any former Grants Passian souls living now here in the Mid Valley or anybody in Grants Pass who could answer it? There was a time years ago around the period, I remember when the film The Day After was coming out about the potential of mm-hmm. a nuclear Jason conflagration. Robards. Yes, Jason Robards and the, the horrors of that specter and that possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, There was a study done years ago that suggested that due to wind patterns, climate patterns, this is something I remember reading and hearing about 40 years ago Mm. that said the safest place to live in the event of such a catastrophe is Grants Pass, Oregon. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Wow. Now, does anybody else remember that? Is there any truth in it? I heard, I've read, or survivalists moved into the area and out in the hills of surrounding Grants Pass, the four... Is that really true? Is it still a thing? Was it true then? Is it still true? I would think it would be a rallying cry. Anybody? And there's a great sign as you drive into downtown Grants Pass. Now, we'll take a break and come back. There's a great sign that I wish I could remember. As you drive downtown on Main Street, there's a sign I remember as a 9- or 10-year-old kid with uh, ice, chill, chilly ice pictures. As you, Welcome to Grants Pass, the home. And there's ice, a blue sign. I remember as a kid thinking, I like that sign. Is that sign still there with the ice, the ice on the be- on the borders of the sign? And it, there's a saying on it, and I liked it. <laughs> we'll take a break and get some Grants Pass answers next on Joe Radio. Short break. Here we'll we'll come right back. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon 
We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Summer's coming to an end. School's back in session. And you're thinking, should I? Should I buy a new auto at Power Honda off the Sandy M exit in Albany? Well, with their new Honda Accord and CRV hybrids, HRVs, Ridgeline trucks, pilots, and with over a thousand pre owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com to choose from, Power Honda in Albany thinks the answer is absolutely, positively, a resounding yes. Yeah, no, nah, I wasn't pleased. No, you can't okay, do that. Jim, an Oregonian, I think, has answered the call. We've had calls from all over. We did talk to a guy from Northern California, but at least Damian Croson from Monroe. Jim, where are you from? And thanks for joining the show. I'm from all the way in Corvallis. Uh, good to hear from you, Jim. What? Thank you for answering the call. An Oregonian <laughs> calling the show today, of all things. What's on your mind? Anything else? Well, we caught you. Um, Mike, you guys, Mike and John, you know us. It's Kim and Jim and all of that. But um, the uh, I caught you a little bit late this morning, but I thought I heard a comment that from the Husky mm-hmm. person. I don't know if it was a, a writer or whatever, that Oregon State has a cute little program going or something <laughs> along that line. No, and, it was it was just a I, throwaway had, line by me saying I used to hear that from people in Seattle, somebody once said to me, "You guys got a nice little program going on there." Yeah, and then we Absolutely. beat you six. Straight, we beat you six. So I had to call and, that's, sorry, I had to call and tell you this quick story. I was playing in a golf tournament in 2010, and it was at the Broadmoor in Seattle. This very high end, you know, hoity-toity golf mm-hmm. course and a big time tournament and all that stuff. And I got paired up with a guy who, uh, a young guy actually at the time, who was. Uh, he was on a. He had his own sports talk, local sports talk uh, segment on the sports station in Seattle. And I was wearing a Beaver golf shirt, and so we were kind of teasing each other. He's a Husky, and all of that, and we're back and forth. And there's one of the holes where it's up on top. It's a real high shot, and you can see down to Lake Washington and into Husky Stadium. And he looked at me and he said, "Now, see, Jim." that's what a real football uh, facility and a real football program looks like. And I looked at him and I said, are you sure you want to go there? I yeah. think we've beaten you six years in a row ah, yeah. um, in, in 2010. And, and didn't that, didn't part of that stadium collapse? <clears throat> As the, yeah. Didn't part of that stadium collapse a year or so ago? And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, I really stepped in it, didn't I? And I said, yeah, when you, come, when you get a program, you know, you get a coach like Riley, give me a call. Yeah, and uh, and, for you. and he's just, he was just melting away. So I had to call and tell I, you that because he, he was all about the arrogance of the Huskies. And fortunately, we had uh, done them significant damage six years in a row. Good story, Good Jim. Stuff, Thanks Jim. for sharing it. Good to hear from you. Let's go quickly to Paul, maybe on geography. Paul, what do you got? No, I have never oh. been to Hidden Valley, oh, okay. but I'm sure it's quite a few miles, probably uh, between Okay. Yeah, we're losing you, Paul. We're, losing we're breaking you, up on us. Thank you. We're out of time anyway. We can talk again tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Give us a call tomorrow, Paul. I'll be en route to the Palouse in yeah. one of the more significant matchups in the history of the series. It really is on so many levels. Now, coming up, we're going to be tuning in to this press conference. 
uh, a press availability. Well, we got TJ recording it right now, and, or at least down there ready. And so uh, the big four, Pat Chun, Scott Barnes, uh, J.F.E. Murphy, and Kirk Schultz all together. And we'll, uh, you guys will talk to you tomorrow. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers.